Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come up to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Brilliant. Thanks, Nat. Um, Now, for some of you, this might come as a big shock, but I find silence really hard. I find being quiet nigh on impossible. In fact, like Lizzie and I, when we're playing card games, like I talk the whole way through. And and she says it distracts her. She says that's why I lose because you're talking the whole time, Lizzie. That's not a good enough excuse. Um, but like also uh, during exams, like two three hour exams, like I used to aim to leave early just so I could get out and make a silly noise, just so I could get out and talk and go yes, I'm free. In fact. I find silence so hard that when I'm sleeping, when I'm supposed to be absolutely quiet, I'm there chatting away. And in fact, I have conversations with Lizzie. She asks me questions and I answer them in my sleep. Like, I find silence impossible, which is why when I read what happened in Luke chapter 1, I'm shocked. Because in Luke chapter 1, we meet a man called Zechariah. And Zechariah, he'd been quiet for not one hour, not two hours, not three hours. He'd been quiet for nine months. Nine months without talking because God had shut his mouth. Because Zechariah, well, God said to Zechariah, he said, Zechariah, you're going to have a son. You and your wife, in your very old age, you'll have a son. And Zechariah said, nah, God, I don't believe you. And so God closed his mouth for nine months. The average person says between seven and 20,000 words a day. I'm, I'm putting on 34,000 at least. But, but like, that means Zechariah missed out on speaking between two million and five and a half million words. That's a lot of words. So have a think. What would you say after nine months of being quiet? Here's what I'd say. I'd make the greatest joke ever. Like, like the funniest comment, the perfect... Oh, most incredible, witty comment possible. Bam! But not Zechariah. Not Zechariah. Have a look what he said in, in verse 68. Or 67, it says, He was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Like, after nine months of being quiet, Zechariah starts by praising God, by saying thank you to God. And he does it using a special Bible word. He does it, he prophesies. And that basically means God tells him what to speak and he speaks those words. So the words there in Luke chapter 1 are very, very important. They're the words from God. But 
why, after nine months of silence, does Zechariah start by praising God? Well, it's about two children. Two promised children. The first one's there in verse 76. It says, And you, my child, shall be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. And this is Zechariah's child, who we find out earlier, his name was John. And John had a very important job. Did you see that? Very important job. His job was to be one of these. A fire exit sign. Now, just take a moment to get yourselves acquainted with the fire exits because on the 24th of December we have a Chris Single service which involves fire and long hair, so anything happens. So we've got exits at the back there, exits through that door, exits straight out there. Um, just make sure you know where they are. And, and do come on the 24th of December, that'll be great. Um, but John the Baptist, he's a fire exit sign. Now, can anyone tell me what the point of a fire exit sign is? Why do we have these signs? Say, who was that? Go on, shout it again. Yeah, to save your life because, like, you follow this to know where to go to be rescued. Like, if you follow this through the fire, you'll be safe. Like, the sign itself can't save you. Like, if you touch it, you're not magically rescued. But if you follow these, you know where to go to be rescued. And that's John's job in Luke chapter 1, verse 77. His job is to give his people Knowledge of salvation, which means to tell people where to go to be rescued, or more importantly, who to go to to be rescued. So, Zechariah is silent for nine months, and then nine months after, he starts praising God because of a rescuer, a special rescuer. But then, what's the danger? What, what do we need to be rescued from? Have a look in verse 74. It says this rescuer comes to rescue us from the hand of our enemies. Uh, And the Bible says we have enemies. We have horrible and deadly enemies. Uh, And you may say, Stephen, you're talking rubbish. I live in Hove in 2016. I'm a nice guy. I don't have enemies. I don't need rescue from anything. Don't you? Because these two enemies in our passage, they're sin and death. And have a look out for them this Christmas, because they'll be there. Sin and death. Um, Like, sin, it it, it might appear like this. That's my family, my lovely family. But there's something about us. Because whenever we get together, even the best of times, like at Christmas, even the best of times, we can't last a whole day of being nice to each other. There's always a family fight. And usually it's me causing it. But, but like, notice in your family, like, there might be bickering, rage, jealousy, anger, selfishness, pride. Family fights. Sin, the first enemy. And then have a look for this, this second one. The empty chair. Um, in 2006, when I was 16, I first came across the empty chair. In fact, three empty chairs. Because that Christmas, my grandma wasn't there in her rocking chair. Um, That Christmas, my grandpa wasn't there eating his Christmas pudding. And that Christmas, my uncle Chris wasn't there telling his classic Christmas jokes. Three empty chairs. 
all of them taken by that horrible and deadly enemy, death. And maybe this Christmas might be, might be more painful than ever f- for you. You might notice the family fights more than ever because family aren't around because they hate each other that much. Or, or you might notice the empty chairs. And it might be raw and painful. Because we have deadly and horrible enemies. And we need a rescuer. Brilliant. Have a seat. And why don't you get your Bibles open to page 1027, Luke chapter 1, while I introduce you to my friend. This is Busby. Now, he's one of my dogs. Now, don't be fooled. Beneath the warm, fluffy exterior, there beats the heart of a panther. Like, when Busby gets his vice-like jaws wrapped around something, there is no letting go. Like, me and Busby have had epic battles over slippers, shoes, socks, KFC bones, you name it, we fought. And usually he wins. And actually, that's a bit like how our enemies are described. In verse 71 and 74 it says, these enemies have got us in their hand. We're in the hand of our enemies. Hand of those who hate us. And it's a vice-like grip. Like Busby with his prey. There's no escape. And it's like in verse 79 it says, we're living in darkness under the shadow of death. Like like, something far bigger, far greater, looming large over us, something that we can't control or sort out. Because we have horrible and deadly enemies. But there's another child. And this is why after nine months, Zechariah starts by praising God. This is who John points to, because God sends a rescuer. And look at who he is in verse 68. We should know it off by heart by now. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has redeemed his people. Come to the Redeemer. God himself. That rescuer, Jesus Christ, is God himself coming to his people. Now, with Busby, um, when he's got something in his mouth, what you've got to do, you've got to get your fingers right into his jaw right in between his teeth and prise his jaw open to rescue the object that he's got. And you've got to be stronger than Bobby to do it. And that's the same with these enemies. Like the grip the enemies have over us, well, they're vice-like grips. You've got to be stronger than them to prise their fingers off us. And well, God's rescuer, Jesus Christ, God himself, there is none stronger, none greater, none more awesome. God himself, Jesus, is stronger than sin. Jesus, God himself, is stronger than death. Yes, we have horrible and deadly enemies. But the great news of Christmas is that God himself comes to rescue us. And maybe you don't believe me. Maybe you think, Stephen, you're talking rubbish. Jesus isn't that powerful. Have a look at how he's described in verse 78. The rising sun will come to us from heaven. Now, does anyone know what happens when the sun rises? What happens to the darkness when the sun rises? Any ideas? It goes away. When the sun rises, the darkness.
darkness disappears. When the sun rises, the darkness goes away. When the sun rises, the darkness is obliterated before the searing, burning, sensational light of the sun. The sun that is 13 billion times brighter than the nearest star. And that's how Jesus is described. That's how God's rescuer is described. When Jesus, when God came to earth, and lived and died on the cross and rose again. Well, it, it was like me getting my hands in Busby's teeth. He went right into the jaw of death and darkness itself. And death and darkness did not stand a chance. Death and darkness did not stand a chance before the awesome power of the Lord. And that's why Zechariah starts praising God after nine months of silence. That's why, that's who John points to. Because we have horrible and deadly enemies. But Christmas is where we celebrate God coming to rescue us. And that means amazing things for those of us who trust in Jesus. Like, Firstly, it means no more family fights. Because uh, in heaven, we'll be made holy and righteous, basically perfect. Uh, we'll be part of God's one big new family with him as the father. There'll be no more bickering, no more selfishness, no more pride, no more anger. There'll be love and kindness. No more family fights. And even better, there'll be no more empty chairs. Because in heaven, we will live forever and ever and ever with God. The rising sun has obliterated death itself. Yes, we have horrible and deadly enemies, but Christmas, the good news of Christmas is that God himself came to rescue us. And maybe this Christmas you're going to feel death and sin more acutely than ever. Maybe you're going to see it, feel it more painfully than ever. And it will be painful. While we live on this earth, these two enemies are deadly and painful. But if we're trusting in Jesus, then when we get to heaven, both of them will be gone forever. And to be there, all you've got to do is trust in Jesus. Uh, uh, maybe you're here because you've got a flyer through the door. Um, if you are, great to have you with us. And uh, 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 maybe you don't really think much of this Christian stuff. Well, this Christmas, have a look around you. Do you see those two enemies lurking? Do you see empty chairs? Do you see family fights going on? What are you going to do about them? Because in my experience, I can't do anything about those enemies. I'm not strong enough. I'm not big enough. I need Jesus. Um, if that is you, come and chat to Phil or myself after the service. We'd love to talk to you more. Um, or make it a goal to sign up to our Christianity, a Life Explored course. We're, we're, we're doing a course looking at who Jesus is and um, what the Bible is. So make it your goal to be on that, to find out more. Because God came to rescue you. What are you going to do about it? Like we have horrible dead enemies, yes, but God himself comes to rescue us. So, Christians... Celebrate. Celebrate Christmas all year round. Like, wear your Christmas jumpers all year round if you want to. Because this is the most incredible, amazing, life-changing, awesome news ever that God himself came to rescue us from two enemies which we could do nothing about. So celebrate Christmas all year round. 
Like, you have my permission to wear your Christmas jumpers in July. That's my permission, the youth minister's permission, so wear them. Celebrate Christmas. It's incredible news. We have horrible deadly enemies, but Christmas we think of God coming to rescue us from them. Let me pray, and then we'll do some celebrating. Father, thank you so much for Jesus, the rising sun coming down. Thank you that he has obliterated death and darkness. Thank you that in heaven there's no more death, no more sin. And Lord, we pray in thanks for Jesus. He is amazing. Help us to think about him, look at him, and find out more about him this Christmas, we pray. Amen.